Super Talk Mississippi media production. Southern Miss fans know the number one stop for Golden Eagle Apparel is Campus Book Mart on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg. Baseball, basketball, football, Campus Book Mart has it covered with clothing to fit the young and old, big and small Golden Eagle in your family. You can visit the store on Hardy Street, shop online at campusbookmart.net, or call in your order and have it mailed to your front door. However you choose to buy, always visit Campus Book Mart first. You won't be sorry. Campus Book Mart and Southern Miss, to the top. Or free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Good afternoon, everyone across the great state of Mississippi. It is time for the Eagle Hour on Friday, January 13th. Friday the 13th. (laughs) So far, so good. On this day, Kelly Sander along with Ben Milam and producer engineer Michael Mergens with you on this Monday. A reminder that uh, Bob Getty. We'll be back from his Caribbean cruise, Aruba, Jamaica. Ooh, I wanted to. Hey, good, good. Uh, He should be back on Monday. Also, Luke Johnson, who's been gone on an educational sabbatical, also rescheduled uh, to be with us, to rejoin us, I should say, on Monday. Lots to talk about today. Basketball on both men's and women's side. The men move on to play Arkansas State Tomorrow, up in Jonesboro, we're going to be talking in the second segment today with Matt Stoltz, the radio voice of Arkansas State. The women will be at home against Louisiana Monroe. So we're talking a lot about the basketball that's going on at Southern Miss and some other headlines, including uh, some NFL playoff games scheduled for this weekend. This first segment of the Eagle Hour brought to you by Dickie's Barbecue. Dickie's Barbecue uh, cooked here, loved everywhere. Different types of uh, sausages, pulled pork, and all the great side dishes make it perfect. Don't worry about any of the cooking. Just make sure that you're uh, a good host. Provide the great food that uh, Dickie's has for all of your friends, whether it's a playoff party, tailgate, uh, even a basketball tailgate now, which is Southern Miss is playing better. Some folks are even doing that. Dickie's Barbecue Pit, we're glad that they're with us here on the Eagle Hour. All right, let's start. Let's get the bad news out of the way first. All right, the men go to Huntington. They got there, obviously. Finally. Yes, 89-67 the final. And after a good start to the second half, it looked like the Eagles were going to be there and stay there. Uh, it didn't happen. And you have to wonder, Ben, really when you look at the statistics, turnover ratio about the same. Yep. Rebounding, the Eagles even out-rebounded Marshall by one. So, I mean, that's pretty much a wash. This came down to field goal percentages, plain and simple. Yeah, and playing in your home gym in terms of Marshall, and it was yeah, it was um, it was just a matter of them shooting better, and it was not an issue of Southern Miss not having open looks because the looks were there. They had good opportunities, open looks, which I think has been part of the concern for the coaching staff. Is as we have seen Felipe Hase get doubled and, and shut down effectively from relative to how he was playing in non-conference, it, there's been a lack of open shots. But I think we saw 
some positive adjustments in that area of being able to get not only Felipe Hase some open shots, but you saw more open shots for Austin Crowley, for DeAndre Pinckney, and the guys around them as well. You just couldn't hit it. And Marshall on the other side, they had a, Kelly, you know what a rim goblin is? A rim goblin. Don't answer that question. I don't. Uh, <laughs> rim goblin is a mythical creature who sits under the rim of, of the home team and grabs the basketball, allows some soft bounces in order for it to roll into the cylinder. And Rim Goblin was working for the Thundering Herd. It just they they got the bounces on on um, on the on the floor and on the rim, and it was just going their way. And they were hitting not only open shots but contested shots. And with an offense that plays as quickly as they do, that is really really hard to overcome, especially when they get out to a double digit lead like they. they and I did. and I really thought that the Eagles could get into their legs because when you look at these numbers. The Thundering Herd only played seven guys. Right, yeah. I mean, at Southern Miss, I think, played 10 or 11. You which, know? which is remarkable, as, as we, we talked about with Steve Cotton, as fast as this team played. And Scott Watkins told us about those stats yesterday as well. They run, they run up and down the floor. They waste absolutely no time. And more. they've got four out of five guys, sometimes five guys, who can bring the basketball up the floor. They don't wait around for, for a point guard to come get the basketball they're catching the rebound and they're out and running. And for them to for them to play like that for forty minutes and to only really play six guys, it's it's pretty impressive that the way that they can play that way with as little depth as they use. Now they did have four guys in double digits, including Tavion Kinsey, the outstanding senior, led the Thundering Herd with twenty three points. Hase got off to a really slow start last night, but he's seeing a lot more uh, double teams which is allowing some other guys to step up. Austin Crowley led the Eagles last night with 20 points. Hase did have 14, yeah. mostly in the second half. Mo Arnold is, is a name that you don't really hear a lot on this program, and shame on us, because Mo Arnold is really starting to come into his own. Well, and, and especially with the loss of Tali Alvarez, who was was sort of the, the game manager and what a lot of this offense was constructed around. And so Mo was his is and has been asked to do a lot of things that are out of his sort of natural game. But he's really coming to his own, like you said. If he did not have the first half that he had, eight in the first half, this probably would have been close to a 20-point game at the break. But he kept the Golden Eagles in it, had some big buckets in the second half, as you mentioned, that run where you got it to within three in the first three minutes of the second half. Mo Arnold was a big part of that on the offensive end and on the defensive side. Yeah, but what I think there was a stretch – one point in the first half, though, where the Eagles went like eight and a half minutes or something without a bucket. Three okay. separate two-plus-minute scoring droughts in the first half. And again, against an offense of that caliber, that is hard to come back from. It, it's, it just seems the first half is is becoming problematic mm-hmm. for the for the Eagles here. And now, they were over to overcome in Monroe, but as we said yesterday, you fall too far, far behind against Marshall over there going to be too big of a hole to get out of yeah that's right and especially the way that you're shooting the basketball and as you mentioned there shot it a little better shot at 41 percent in the second half but right under 35 percent in the first and that was where marshall built their lead that they would never relinquish and so it's a matter i, I think going forward especially in these road games of establishing some flow and consistency on the offensive end that's just it's not been the case in the majority of conference play to this point I mean, you look at your your top three guys this is through 40 minutes not just the first half combined this is austin crowley 
DeAndre Pinckney and Felipe Hase, a combined 16 of 48, which is not just awful. It's just over 30%. It's right at 33%. But those guys are leaned on so heavily in this offense that they've got to be a lot better than that, especially against a team like Marshall. And when you look at uh, the way that things, you know, turned out last night, you know, it, it, I think it was an eight-point eight point spread. Mm-hmm. Um, and 22 points, of course, I, I just really kind of felt, and I shared this with you in a production meeting yesterday, with the travel woes that they had, I, I just, things just didn't, yeah. it just didn't feel right going into that game last Well, night. And, and I think you can maybe say some similar things about this Arkansas State game, and obviously... We will uh, we'll talk to a guy who's who knows a little better than we do about Arkansas State. But hey, the fact remains, the team left at three a.m. this morning to get on a bus to go to Charleston. Those those um, that kind of jet lag, if you will, the yeah. the uh, fatigue that comes from all the travel woes they have. That I'm, I imagine is lingering a little bit. And as we've talked about over and over again. It is already very hard to win a game on the road in this conference. Four four game road swing. Uh, luckily, tomorrow will be the last game of that four game road swing for the Eagles. Again, statistically, things pretty close. But what it came down to is they shot Marshall shot fifty percent essentially. The Eagles shot thirty nine percent. Every other statistic was about the same. Meanwhile. As President Franklin Roosevelt used to say in his fireside chats, ah, but there is good news Mm -hmm. today. The Lady Eagles, one of the top defensive teams in the country, come with a 61-36 to walloping of Arkansas State last night at Reed Green. And the Lady Eagles now just a game out of first place of all of these teams in the Sun Belt. Great game for the Lady Eagles. Yeah, and we're starting to see some real progress on the offensive end. That defense has been good and will continue to be good as, as athletic and long as the Golden Eagles are. We, we talked about in our production meeting that the Lady Eagles are not going to see a lot of teams in this conference that are as athletic as they are, and especially with, with the additions of, of some of these ladies who have been on the uh, injured reserve, if you will. That's even more the case, but... You know, last year it was it was Dom Davis, and that was almost completely it, as far as a consistent scoring threat. This year, a couple of these these transfers, and as well as some of these freshmen that have come in for Coach Joy Lee McNellis, uh, namely last night, Jacoria Bracy, the Arkansas transfer, uh, had 16, led the led the way, and she has come up in big spots. She hit the the uh, bucket at the end of the. Uh, game against Louisiana at home to get that win against one of the teams that are at the top of the conference and she's becoming a a weapon offensively that is going to take some pressure off of Dom Davis where you can spread some of that offensive production across the uh, five ladies on the floor and uh, paired with that defense it's going to be tough to beat the Lady Eagles going forward and you mentioned Dom Davis if I'm not mistaken now she's been named the Sunbelt women's basketball player of the week that's right this week so congratulations to Dom that Lady Eagle defense we're going to talk about more later on in the show but 51st in the country out of 350 Division One. did I say 51st you did yeah okay yeah. out of 350 mm-hmm. in Division One. that's pretty doggone good more about that a little bit later on but when we come back we're going to talk with Matt Stoltz who's the radio voice of the Arkansas State Red Wolves that's where the Eagles are scheduled to play tomorrow that game in Jonesboro and it will tip off at two o'clock Matt Stoltz our guest on the Eagle Hour when we return in just a moment
You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Welcome to the Eagle Hour brought to you by Campus Bookmart. It's the bright gold building right across the street from the campus on Hardy Street. Your one-stop shop for all things Southern Miss. Not just clothes, sweatshirts, t-shirts, and the like, but also any gift ideas housewarmings, wedding gifts for your Southern Miss fan. They've got flags. They've got plates. Anything that can have the Southern Miss logo on it, they've got it for you. Campus Bookmart 24-7 at campusbookmart with a T dot net. Kelly Sander along with Ben Milam, producer engineer Michael Mergens, and joining us now from Jonesboro, Arkansas, is the radio voice of the Red Wolves, who the Eagles will take on tomorrow, Matt Stoltz. Matt, good afternoon to you. Hey, great to be with you guys. Man, a tough game last night for you guys uh, against Texas State. Now you've got the Eagles coming in, barely time to catch your breath. And I don't know, Matt, maybe I'm old school, but you guys lost last night by three. I would rather lose by 40 (laughs) than lose by three. Cuts all the expenditure, the emotional and physical expenditure, and just to come up short. Tell us about last night's game. Well, I know where you're coming from because those three-point losses can can certainly hurt. And, hey, credit goes to Texas State. They hit some really tough shots, some contested threes down the stretch that uh, not too many guys are going to make. But, uh, you know, Texas State was able to pull that out on the road. And now, you're right, a quick turnaround coming up tomorrow and getting ready to face a, a very good Southern Miss team. Well, the Eagles had some some travel troubles going over to Huntington, and uh, they ran into a, a buzzsaw last night uh, against Marshall, as we talked about in the first segment. Tell us about this year's edition of the Red Wolves. You guys opened up the conference play with a win over, over Old Dominion. Who are some of the names we're going to be expecting to hear or see tomorrow, whichever way fans are going to get to witness that game? Yeah, Omar El Sheik is uh, a guy that's, transferred in. He's a grad transfer from Assumption College. Uh, started his career at Fairfield, but he's uh, originally from Egypt. He's 6'8". Uh, he's come in and has been uh, a very nice presence down low for the Red Wolves. He's averaging a double-double in conference play. He has six double-doubles on the season. His issue has been foul trouble, in particular the last two games. Got into some early foul trouble against Troy last Saturday, and then again last night was limited to just 17 minutes against Texas State. And, you know, in a three-point loss, uh, that ended up being a very big issue for the Red Wolves. Another guy to look out for is a true freshman. His name is Terrence Ford. He just made his third career start last night and uh, really exciting uh, young point guard, uh, one that's capable of scoring a lot of points, but a good distributor of the, the basketball, uh, very good defender. And, uh, you know, as a true freshman, is starting to log a, a whole lot of minutes. So uh, those are two that, that are playing some really good ball right now. Caleb Fields is really the leader of this team. Uh, he's a, a fourth-year guy, a point guard. He's over uh, a 1,000 career points. He's fourth already on the all-time assist list at Arkansas State. And he has a chance to be a factor in this ball game as well. Yeah, I was going to ask you, Matt, I'm glad you, you mentioned Caleb Fields there. There's some really, really good guards in this conference and veteran guards too, which, you you know, with, with all the transfer stuff over the last three or four years, especially you don't often see good veteran guards at this level. It seems like this conference is just chock full of them. What, what does he do so well leading this offense? Well, one thing he does really well is attack the basket. And, yes, he's a point guard, but he's second in the conference, or at least was second in the conference going into last night 
in free throw attempts. So he gets to the line a lot, and that's because he, he's really good at finding creases, uh, getting between defenders, attacking the basket, and drawing fouls. And, you know, one thing you like so much about Terrence Ford is he's very much – the same uh, the same way he attacks the basket gets to the foul line as well so i think you'll see a lot of similarities with caleb fields and terrence ford but as far as caleb anytime you have a fourth year guy a point guard that's uh you know been there he's he's been around the league several times before there really is no substitute for that kind of experience and Caleb, uh, Caleb's leadership is a big part of this team, and if they're going to have success going forward, uh, he's going to be a big reason for it. Well, Matt, talk about the way that this Arkansas State team plays because it seems when you look at it on paper, there is a big difference in the way that a team such as Marshall at Southern Miss saw last night and Arkansas State plays maybe a little more um, slower and more, I guess, uh, just deliberate maybe yeah that's that's the word i was looking for there kelly yeah slower and you mentioned attacking the basket but the possessions tend to be a lot longer on average for arkansas state what's what's the overall philosophy that southern miss is going to see tonight or tomorrow i should say on the offensive end yeah you will see a team that goes a little bit deeper into the shot clock one thing the red wolves do want to do however is get more points in transition that's one thing they've really struggled with and Look, you look at the, these two teams in particular and what they're allowing per game. They're uh, giving up somewhere in the mid-60s, which is you know, top half of the conference in scoring defense. Uh, obviously, you know, Southern Miss, much higher than that. Uh, you know, they went into last night, I know, top 40 in the country in scoring defense. But these two teams don't give up a whole lot of points. One thing that the Red Wolves have struggled with is – scoring the basketball and you go back to last week the two games on the road in Alabama uh, that they scored 45 points at South Alabama scored 54 uh, at Troy and then last night uh, they were held in the 50s again they're trying to find some some ways to uh, get some easier points some more transition points which is something that they've really lacked and, and you're right I mean it, it's been tough for the Red Wolves to to get uh you know, a, a lot of uh, a lot of points because they are having to go so deep into the shot clock, and you know, if they do get a shot, uh, they they've really got to work for it right now. So that's one thing they're trying to get better uh, at at the moment, uh, trying to get some better looks offensively. Here's why I think that this game would be just just speaking very broadly why this game is so big for both teams. For the Red Wolves, it's big because at the, at the moment, Southern Miss is still one of the top dogs right in the conference. For the Eagles, it would be a road win, and I don't care what conference you're playing in, to win on the road um, is big. Is that a fair assessment, Matt? No, without a doubt. I mean, I, I think it's the toughest thing to do is, is win on the road, and in particular in college basketball. And one thing that was so impressive about Texas State you know, they were in here last night. They're the two-time defending league champions. And even though they've struggled at home this season, they're 6-2 and two in true road games, which tells you what kind of toughness they have and why they're going to be one of the better teams in the league going forward. Now, Southern Miss, I mean, you look up, they're sitting at 500 on the road this year, which anytime you're 500 or better, I think that constitutes uh, a good team if you're doing that on the road. So, 
Yes, I think that if you're going to have a chance to win this league, winning on the road is an essential part of that. And, uh, you know, you look around the league last night, guys, and uh, I think the majority of the games in the conference, the road team won, which is not a pattern that you see very often. Mm. Uh, not only in this conference, but uh, anywhere in college basketball. Well, we didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. No, didn't mean it, to bring that up. Yeah, I, no, I don't, and I don't suspect a lot of teams are going to go into Huntington, right. and uh, and win. Uh, no, you know, Marshall's pretty good. What what problems do you suspect that Southern Miss might present the Red Wolves? Well, I think right now you, you look at just trying to contain. Uh, some of uh, some of the leaders right now. I mean, you look at uh, the experience that Southern Miss has, and in particular, I mean, you, you look at a guy like Crowley and uh, what what he's doing, and and uh, you know, just trying to defend him for forty minutes. I think uh, you know the presence down low with Pinkney. You know, he's uh, become he's obviously one of the the better big men in the league right now, and. You know, Omar El Sheik is going to have to stay out of foul trouble, which, as I already mentioned, has been an issue with him the last couple of games. So, uh, yeah, I think that's going to be a big key that 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 matchup inside. You know, you know who can uh, who can win the points in the paint uh, tomorrow? I think is going to be a big key in that ball game as well. Well, Matt, you step back and you you look at this conference. And we've talked about it a little bit here. You look at this conference from a bird's eye view, and there's just there's seemingly endless parity through just two weekends. Not even two weekends. There were no undefeated teams left in conference play. From your perspective as a broadcaster, I mean, they're kind of two ways conferences tend to to shape up in college basketball. The top heavy conferences, the ones that usually get more than one bid in the NCAA tournament, and then you have teams uh, conferences like the Sun Belt that beat each other up. Which one, I guess, would you rather have? Because it obviously hurts the Sun Belt a little bit, but it's also it, it makes for competitive and fun basketball through the whole conference schedule. Well, I think you can make an argument for both sides. Yeah, there is a ton of parity in this league. I, I couldn't tell you a clear-cut favorite right now. Uh, no, there's not one just because of uh, the competition level and what we've seen. Uh, you know, it didn't take very long. I mean, through those first two weeks, you're right. Nobody was undefeated through two weeks of conference play. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm anxious to see how it all plays out. You know, with 14 teams now in the Sun Belt, you know, it's been rare in the past with, you know, 10 teams where, you know, this league has had uh, more than one team go to the NCAA tournament. There have been a handful of occasions where, where it's happened, but it's not that right. common. I think now with the strength of the league and 14 teams in the conference, you know, hopefully we do start to see multiple teams go on. All right, Matt, thank you very much for your time. You'll be on the call tomorrow, Southern Miss and Arkansas State. The Eagle Hour continues in just a moment. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Good to talk to Matt Stoltz. We appreciate him taking time out of his day, getting ready for that game tomorrow. And that's a game the Red Wolves really need to win because uh, they've struggled out of the gate. But, you know, if the Eagles win that, that would be a 2-2 two and two road trip, which is kind of what you – if you, anytime you can go 500 on the road, 
not doing too bad. This segment brought to you by 4th Street Bar and Grill. Even though the game started at 8, there were folks there last night, rare and ready to go to cheer on the Eagles. They'll have the game on tomorrow at 2 at uh, 4th Street Bar and Grill as well. Today, it's Catfish Friday, 9.95 for your lunch. That includes your uh, soft drink. Miss Louise always has stuff ready for you to go, and it's not like you're going to be in there. I mean, tell her what you want, boom, like five minutes later, you'll have it because she knows you're on a work schedule. They've got trivia. They've got darts. They've got one of the few places in Hattiesburg to shoot a game of pool, 4th Street Bar and Grill. Also, a shout-out to Mobe Beignets, the official beignet store of the Eagle Hour. I don't know what the flavor of the month of January is, but I'm going to find out tomorrow. I know gingerbread was for December, the syrups that you put over those uh, beignets, and a complete selection of cold and hot coffees, the favorite study spot for Southern Miss students. Kelly Sander, Ben Milam, and producer-engineer Michael Mergens with you as we wrap up this, uh, this week of Eagle Hours. We mentioned Bob and Luke will return on Monday. Ben, I want to resume the basketball discussion, particularly with the women. They will now entertain Louisiana Monroe tomorrow afternoon at 2 o'clock. That's at uh, Green Coliseum. Louisiana Monroe comes into this contest 2-3 and three in the conference, 6-10 and 10 overall. Before we break that game down specifically, let me look at the standings here. First of all, James Madison, who's supposed to be the kingpins of the, of the women. They, they're rolling right now. JMU 5-0 and oh in the conference, 15-2 and two overall. And the Lady Eagles had them on the ropes, and they just got away uh, in the matchup that they played a little bit earlier. Southern Miss, though, right behind. 4-1 and one in league play. 11-5 and five is the overall record. Troy, 4-1, and 9-7 and seven on the women's side. So those are your top three teams, JMU, Southern Miss, and Troy. Then a big pack at 3-2 and two that includes Georgia Southern, Texas State, ODU, and Louisiana. All right, Georgia Southern 11 and 3, Texas State 11 and 5, ODU 11 and 7, ULL, well, excuse me, U of L mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. is 9 and 8. But that Louisiana team is actually ranked ahead of Southern Miss in the national rankings when it comes to team defense. Actually, James Madison and Louisiana both, but um, Louisiana not being not scoring as well as they play defense. But again, the Lady Eagles 51st overall in defense. But this Monroe game tomorrow that Joy Mc- Lee McNellis and the Lady Eagles will embark upon, this this should be, this is certainly a gettable game. Yeah, well, we said that about Arkansas State. And, and to this point, the Lady Eagles in conference play have taken care of business. And you, you even look forward on the schedule. They, they will go to Boone to play at Appalachian State, who is 6-10 and 10 overall as well. And then you go to Marshall, they, it's kind of flip-flop. The men come home right. for two weeks, and the women go on the road for two weeks. So this will be a tough stretch, but it, there are some favorable matchups here. Uh, you, obviously, you, you mentioned the Monroe game tomorrow, Appalachian State, Marshall, and then you go to Jonesboro again. And you like that matchup, obviously. You get a 25-point win last night against the Red Wolves. And so there's a there's a, an opportunity here to really get some separation at the top of those standings that you just read off. I got to talk to Connor McNellis this morning, mm-hmm. who is Joey Lee's son. Uh, he's an assistant coach at, at Arkansas State. And I said, you know, how you doing after that one last night? He said, look, they come to our place in two weeks. Right. I said, so you really want to wallop your mom? Sure. <laughs> he said, of course I do. <laughs> and I guess you wouldn't respect him if you didn't. huh? <laughs> 
You know, but but the Lady Eagles, talent-wise, yeah. are better than Arkansas State. I think that's obvious, but we have seen on the men's side and on the, and on the women's side, too, across the board in the Sun Belt, it is, it's a different beast to win games in this conference on the road. Well, on the men's side, Troy and Georgia Southern lead the way. Boy, nobody would have thought that at the beginning of the year. Troy, a team that the Eagles have beaten, 4-1. and one. Georgia Southern, 4-1. and one. Georgia Southern got by last night by the skin of their teeth against App State. But Georgia Southern, also the Eagles. So Troy and Georgia Southern lead the way both with 4-1 and one conference records. Troy's 12-6 and six overall. Georgia Southern, 11-7. and seven. Then come the Eagles. Texas State. Louisiana Monroe, they're all at a three and two, and I can't read my own writing, but I want to say that that's uh, Louisiana. Uh, the Cajuns three and two. They went up to Monroe, and uh, and the Warhawks aren't a secret anymore, right? No. They started out three and zero, and now everybody's kind of catching on to the Warhawks. But you can see how jumbled it is there. The top six teams are within you know a game of each other so this game if arkansas state toward the bottom of the standings in the league for the men hopefully get that one and then come home against south al who has not played very well this year that's right south al got a big win last night though and and that's i mean you read off those standings i think we talked about this earlier in the week there is just sort of unending parity here in this conference which you know obviously as disappointing as last night was to golden eagle fans i'm sure you're still tied for second place. And you mentioned those those teams that were at the top in the preseason, one of those being Marshall with two conference losses. The back-to-back defending champions, Texas State, with uh, two losses and nearly lost to Arkansas State last night. And you mentioned Georgia Southern should have lost that game to Appalachian State. So, yes, uh, disappointing to lose a game, especially by the margin you did last night. But on the road – if you, and this is part of why this game tomorrow is so important, a winnable game that you have to win. If you can split on the road, uh, Matt Stoltz talked about it in the last segment. If you can go 500, around 500 in conference play on the road, you set yourself up very, very well headed into that tournament in Pensacola. If you can just get one of those top four seeds, with which all get double buys in Pensacola, then it is anybody's ball game. You win. You win three games and you're dancing. And I, and I want to go back to the point that you talked about the parity. Would you rather have a league where there's uh-huh. a bell cow yeah. or would you rather have a league where it's where everybody's beating each other up? From a fan's standpoint, you like parity. Mm-hmm. You just want to know that when your team takes the court, in this case, you got a chance to win, yeah. right? But, but when there's a stud team, you pretty much go, well, there's one you know, we're not going to get. So from a tournament standpoint, you want that stud team because that would be the team that would represent you, presuming this is a one-team league in the NCAA tournament. But from a fan standpoint, I much prefer parity because you got a shot no matter who you play, home or away. That's right. And and if you can get to the conference tournament, excuse me, then everyone has a shot. Everyone has a legitimate shot at getting to the NCAA tournament. I don't think it devalues the regular season because obviously the seeding is, is incredibly important, especially with those double buys that I mentioned for the top four seeds. But even if you say you have a bad back half of conference play, you come in limping a little bit, 
you get hot at the right time and you can go to the NCAA tournament and obviously easier said than done because it's it's going to be hard to win in Pensacola too but it, it makes it fun because everyone has a chance through the entirety of the schedule but there are other tournaments obviously the end game is you want to get into the NCAA tournament mm-hmm. and with this record that the men have put together at 14 and four and a record that the women are amassing you would think even if the worst were to happen in conference play and they not get an NCAA bid that they would certainly be high on the list of the other invitationals Mm -hmm. that would come along the way and I know people would go well those aren't the NCAA okay but you know how this community rallied around this team and how exciting it was. You don't, Ben, you weren't born yet. And, I, and I'm not saying that to be disrespectful. But in 87, mm-hmm. uh, it was Hattiesburg was nuts around this basketball team and winning the NIT. If you're playing any kind of tournament, you play it to win. There's money involved. And it is definitely a step up from where the program has been. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you close your eyes last year and remember how it felt in the season 7 and 26. I think you would have taken any sort of postseason basketball that would be a big big step it's a big step recruiting wise in terms of fan engagement like you talked about earlier in the week you're not going to win every conference game but having competitive basketball engages people and allows you to build on that success moving forward even if you're not in march madness you take a big step if you're just competing at some level in postseason basketball. And you, you even go back to under Donnie Tyndall, if we can talk about Donnie Tyndall, uh, when, when they were playing in the NIT, a game away from playing in Madison Square Garden in the Final Four of the NIT, Reed Green was packed. And it, those were some excellent college basketball um, atmospheres. People were excited, and th- those were some really fun basketball games. Even though it wasn't the NCAA tournament, that was a whole lot of fun, and again, a big step forward for the program at the time. You know, Donnie Tindall's a unique dude, because despite what has ha- what happened on his watch, according to people yeah. Yeah. researching it, he is much beloved still with the fan sure. base. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I don't think anybody's as loved as Jay Ladner has ever been, and you know, especially now. But it, it, it was an interesting uh, interesting situation with Donnie Tyndall. All right. So the men and the women play tomorrow at two o'clock. The women are at home at Reed Green. They're playing Louisiana Monroe at two o'clock. The men at Arkansas State, two o'clock. Both games are at two o'clock. Gonna be tough to listen or order to both. Yeah, that's that's one gripe I have. I wish they staggered it a little bit so you could watch both. It would be nice. Yeah. But on the other side of the break, we're gonna talk football. College football. The Eagles got another transfer that's making some headlines. And then we're gonna have some fun picking the NFL playoff games in our final segment of the Eagle Hour. We'll be back in just a moment. Southern Miss to the top. We're in the Southern Bancor Studios in Hattiesburg. Kelly, Ben, and Michael Mergens. This segment brought to you by D1 and DBAT Training Facilities. It's it's travel baseball and softball time. Time to get the kids in there for that early jump, regardless of rain, snow, sleet, cold, whatever. It's always sunny. And perfect conditions at D1 and DBAT training. You can look them up online. Don't forget they've got the pro shop there too. So you need batting gloves, batting helmets. They've got everything there for your 
Youngster, whether it's softball or baseball, we appreciate them being on the program. Speaking of being on the program, Monday, we'll have officials from Southern Miss ticket office talking about this unique situation where every single seat at Pete Taylor Park, every single one, whether it has a chair back or not, is spoken for for the upcoming season. So SRO tickets only. We'll talk about uh, how that happened and how the ticket office is going to handle this situation. That'll be on Monday's program of the Eagle Hour when Bob and Luke will rejoin us. Meanwhile, Ben, Southern Miss football got some some more good news yesterday as some Mississippi guys coming a little bit closer to home to play football. Yeah, that's right. And, you know, last year, in terms of the portal, the big emphasis seemed to be for specifically the defensive side of things. On the line, especially. On the defensive front. And obviously, you got some big pickups there and hit on just about every single one of them. And we saw how big of a difference that was. This year, you graduate a number of guys on the back end of the defensive backfield. And that's really been an emphasis. I've had some big pickups there along with some big pickups at linebacker as you guys have talked about over the last couple of weeks. But uh, most recently, uh, we have um, – this was, I guess, close to a month ago. MJ Daniels, the Ole Miss transfer safety, uh, announced that he would be coming to Southern Miss. And there was some concern that he was getting some interest from other places and was being pulled in other directions. But they were able to to uh, nail him down and get what is thought of as sort of a package deal. Dylan Lawrence, safety out of Mississippi State. Both guys played in the same – in the same area of the state, and you're starting to feel a whole lot better about that back end, specifically at the safety position, because both of those guys, MJ Daniels and Dylan Lawrence from Ole Miss and Mississippi State, respectively, were expected to contribute heavily on the back end at those two different schools. And George County High School, I think they were Rebels, if I'm not mistaken, uh, in the Loosedale area. So that's that's only about an hour drive. That's that's correct. Both you know, George County guys, yeah. For mom and dad uh-huh. to come to Hattiesburg. So good. We're glad that they, uh, that they wised up and are headed to Southern Miss. All right, football playoffs this weekend. The National Football League begins the postseason tomorrow. Let's, uh, as we bring in the mystical... Michael Mergens, the man that knows all, sees all. Oh, no, that's, that's Kelnack. Yeah. <laughs> we, we need that music. I don't, I don't, maybe. There you go. As we, <laughs> as we try to divine the winners here for, for the NFL playoffs this weekend. It starts Saturday night in the NFC where the Seattle Seahawks travel to San Francisco. Ben, we'll start with you. Give me the upset here. I want Seattle. Um, I know you want Seattle, but do you think they'll win? I so well, let me rephrase that. I like Seattle. I think Seattle's going to win this game. I think, but you know, Geno Smith has, has kind of been my guy. He was on my fantasy team and had a great first portion of the year and kind of slowed down a little bit here. I think he picks it up and there's a big upset. Seattle on the road. Michael, I've always found it hard to root against the 49ers because of growing up in the 80s and the Joe Montana eras that I've always just liked the team. So yeah, I, where they I beat the Bengals twice in yep, the Super Bowl. Exactly. Yep. So <laughs> that's perfect reason right there. So you're going with San Francisco. Yeah, I don't. I think San Francisco and Philadelphia right now are the two best oh, teams yeah. in the NFC. Yeah, probably. So I think San Francisco is going to win at home. That's the first game on Saturday. Remember, the night game will be literally. Coast-to-coast battle. Jacksonville from the East Coast to the L.A. Chargers on the West Coast. Boy, you talk about jet lag in this one. If there was going to be an upset, if there was going to be a road team win, 
In fact, I'm going to pick Jacksonville. They're hot oh, right okay. now. I'll take the Jaguars to upset the Chargers. Yeah, I, I will say uh, a lot of times, as, as people know, playoff matchups come down to the quarterback position, and I think, I think Justin Herbert has the edge over Trevor Lawrence here. For some strange reason, I've always liked the Chargers. I don't know why, but in this situation, I'm going to go Jacksonville, even though I would mm-hmm. love to see the Chargers go on to a Super Bowl, but uh, yeah, I think Jacksonville's got this. All right, Sunday, there are three games on the schedule. The first one is in the AFC. Interestingly, some of these matchups, including Seattle-San Francisco, this next one we're going to talk about, Miami and Buffalo, one we're going to talk about in a little bit, Baltimore and Cincinnati. These are all divisional rivals uh, in the same you know, northern division, the eastern division, whatever. Miami at Buffalo. Miami squeaking into the playoffs by the skin of its teeth. Yeah, give me the bills here. I think it's pretty, pretty straight up. Yeah, look at the turnaround that the the Bills have made the last few years. You, you can't you can't go against them. Some have to go Bills on this. And one. if the weather's bad, you sure would think that the Bills would have the advantage over the guys sure. from yeah, South hope. Beach, <laughs> right? All right. So we all like Buffalo in that game. Second game is an NFC tilt. The New York Giants, who I've thought have been frauds all year long, and were aided by a easy schedule. They are who we thought they were. <laughs> the Giants go to. Minnesota to take on the Vikings. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you, Kelly. And this, it's interesting. This is only a three-point spread, but uh, I'm definitely going to go Vikings here. Michael? I think my mic's going bad. Do I have to okay. say something? <laughs> I'm going to go Vikings. All right, Baltimore-Cincinnati, real quick. Cincinnati, just for you. Cincinnati. All right, I'll take the Bengals, too. Then Dallas at Tampa. Give me Tommy playoffs, man. Okay, you take Tampa? Dallas. I'm going to take Dallas, too, on the road to put them out. All right, everybody. It's been a great week. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you back here again Monday to talk about the ticket situation for baseball, among other things, at Southern Miss. It's been a great week. Hope you have a great weekend. For Ben Milam and producer-engineer Michael Mergens, I'm Kelly Sander. Thanks for joining us. Until Monday at 1, Southern Miss to to the the top. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.